Welcome to the Twilight Conversations. My name is Jimmy, and in this podcast, I'll be exploring human relationships, human potential, and that curious space between the dark and the light. So, hello, and welcome to episode 40. Ding, 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 ding. Streamers, balloons, <laughs> 40 of the Twilight Conversations. Never thought I'd get to 40. There you go. And 40. Manchester, episode 40, Joy Division, Level Terror Support. Aside out of the way. So, uh, in episode 40, or on episode 40, um, again, as with all the, the last few podcasts, and most of them, there is a kind of a follow through or a thread. They can be, they're not complete non sequiturs as such, even though I'll use them within the podcast. This uh, episode, I'm going to have a really good look at power. Today on this program you will hear gospel and rhythm and blues and jazz. Although they're just labels, we know that music is music. Boom, boom, boom. You hear me? <laughs> Together we got power. Apart we got power. You ain't playing for power, you're in the wrong place. If you don't know, that's from the sensational primal scream from the wonderful Screamadelica album, a track called Come Together. Take that whatever way you like, but uh, I, I'm thinking they're more thinking more cosmically, cosmic unity, and everything in between. But it's a kick and tune. It's just wonderful. It's called Come Together by Primal Scream. You ain't playing for power. You're in the wrong place. Okay, so we're going to have a look at power. Just uh, if you think about it as I was, come to think of it, I was, you know, what is power? You know, it kind of underlies everything, doesn't it? It's like everything is really about power to some description. Now, I'm going to try and distinguish the difference and the connection between the forced power from a physics perspective, you know, kind of force movement. We understand that to some degree, you know, where something is propelled, there's power, there's movement, that type of power, right? Now, it may surprise you, I'm not a physicist. <laughs> Everyone, really? I, we always thought you were you know, majoring in physics. I am not a physicist. But instinctively, I think we all understand that force of nature, that kind of power, right? Um, so that kind of power. And then psychological, spiritual, <sighs> mental power, so to speak. That's a whole different, well, it's not a different ballgame. It's connected, but it, it, it takes on new dimensions there. And we look at how they're interconnected and what that all means, you know, uh, in that sense. That's kind of how I'm going to try and look at it. And in a way, power in and of itself is kind of neutral. Um, I mean, the last episode was on evil. <laughs> and really, um, very much the misuse of power, isn't it? You know, if you think about it, anything that's kind of negative is usually a misuse of power, a misunderstanding of power, or not being able to manage power. Or where there's good sensation, good vibrations, Beach Boys, good vibrations. That, that's a track and a half. From a brilliant band who I didn't really appreciate. I thought they were all just that West Coast fucking around with surfing. But that um, when I was introduced to that album, Pet Sounds by them, what a fucking album. Brian Wilson was genius, wasn't he? I heard people saying that. I thought it was just trendy to say, yes, Brian Wilson was a genius. But absolutely, they were incredible. Good Vibrations is a wonderful tune. Um, but if it's positive and it's good, it, you'll usually find power, whatever we consider power to be, that elusive energy, that physical energy, that psychological energy, that energetic energy. If there's such a thing, 
is is being managed right, whether people are aware of it or not. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? You know, so it can be interesting if we become more aware of how we use power, how we understand power, what it means, what it doesn't mean, and all that type of stuff. And of course, then we will be looking at like authorities and governments and that that power structure. We have power structures within society and stuff, which kind of gives it a different kind of vibe or flavor. But the underlying piece is still similar, and how human beings interact can be quite similar in that respect. So. Already, I'm having a cup of tea. This is another beautiful cup of tea I made. I let it stew for a while. Oh, lovely body in that too. I got quite a lot of, uh, not, well, a fair amount of comments from the last uh, podcast on evil. Evil is alive and well. Um, and while I'm at it, just to remind you, I'm going to try to, apparently I've been a voice to do this much more regularly, to grow my listenership, as they say, except I probably have the same 20 or 30 people, I have no idea, I don't, there's a way of checking, but I'm technically not really that clued into checking, and I don't even like to look, but uh, if I wanted to grow a little bit more, is to just to remind you to, you know, if you do listen to the show regularly, to give it a, a five-star rating to give it positive feedback i think that helps with the algorithms you know get it moves it on a bit um maybe pass it on to a couple of people if you if you haven't done that already would be much appreciated so just to keep it alive apparently there's some research that no matter how good or bad a podcast is if that's not regularly said people kind of fade away from it so i'm gonna say it. i'm gonna be in, in your face i'll be talking about it every every week um just to remind you to only takes a second to give it a rating. Um, uh, even just to do that, that would be brilliant because that, that does help with the algorithms, all that kind of stuff. That's like a, a rabbit hole for me. I don't know what that even means, but I kind of instinctively feel it helps. Um, and to, you know, comments, of course, are always helpful or important. And uh, yeah, that's that's that piece. And of course, the Patreon page, throwing a few quid every month. Thank you to all those who do. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, I really do. Um, but some of the comments I got last week, guess what every, a lot of people went to? You got it. Yes, the dead body banging, <laughs> the, the necrophilia. And most people that commented got the connection between, you know, what, what um, M. Scott Peck was saying and Eric Fromm, two very eminent psychiatrists, right? Uh, that it's not just around arousal from dead bodies, but it's a whole power control thing. But a couple of people kind of missed that. They're kind of like, I'm not sure you should have said that. You know, I don't think it was very appropriate that you were talking about sex in such a way, such a disgusting thing. I, that's me. I'm off the toilet conversations. This is not psychotherapy. Them kind of comments, not a lot, but a couple, a little bit disapproving, a little bit judgy, a little bit judgy, you know. You know, I like some of the stuff you do, but I thought that was a bridge too far. Um... And I can only suggest that's maybe a projection for them because I wasn't, you know, well, I made a few jokes about it. You have to, don't you? You know, don't tell me you haven't thought about that with stuff, weird stuff. How do people get into that? Do you know what I mean? Um, I was still thinking about it during the week. Like I was imagining the uh, Sunday dinner. I invite all the family here today and grandparents. <laughs> yeah, so you have something to say to us. Yes, but please don't judge me. I, and the dad's thinking, oh, fuck, he's gay. You wish that, huh? <laughs> or even worse, he's a tranny. You'd love him to be a tranny. <laughs> or, you know, I'm coming out on my necrophilia. <laughs> Well, you're always welcome here, son. Kettle's always on for you. Can you imagine? So people were take were were not a lot. Two or three weren't happy with that, but they weren't happy. They kind of missed why I was bringing it up. They felt it was unnecessary and a little too dark. 
lots of other people had great fun with it and enjoyed it, you know, and, and so forth, and, and uh, enjoyed the actual podcast and the subject. You know, it's an interesting exploration. What is evil? What is good? Um, now, I have, <laughs> I have since, in my practice as a psychotherapist, had some inquiries. They want me to start a group. Uh, they can't be called NA, obviously, you know, because they're always, there's Narcotics Anonymous, but they, you know, uh, why are they going to BDA, Banging Dead Bodies Anonymous? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and there's different gradations in there, of course. You know, there's the, the, the murdering ones. I forgot about them. Someone reminded me, like a man, Dalmer. I'm sure you've watched that. He murdered them, then had sex with them. I don't know if that's for everybody. They just let someone else do the dirty work. But uh, yeah, I had all these funny images of a self help group forming, and, you know, would you facilitate this? What would the work actually be, you know? But yeah, there you go. So that was that. Uh, but most comments were very uh, favorable helpful, encouraging me to carry on. Um, and just to remind you that next week, it's already recorded, the very brilliant um, poet, Stephen James Smith. Uh, did a lovely interview with him last week and that'll be coming out next, whenever this comes out. This will be out probably Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the following week. Um, so I, I would hope to you know, interview more people. It's just a little problematic to tee them up and get people at the right times and stuff, but I'd love to interview more people. Um, so anyone wants to be interviewed who's listening, you know, you don't have to be fucking famous or anything like that. Uh, if you're a psychotherapist or one of the ideas someone suggested to me was that I interview a psychologist or psychotherapist from the other end of the spectrum to me who, who would have a different, you know, uh, I suppose, theoretical framework or style or way of working and that might be an interesting. So if you're one of them listening, so you're probably not listening if you're one of them, maybe. Um, the Pashmina crew. Well, how about that? Yes, you've been slagging us. Now talk to us. Uh, but anyone, you know, that's interested, you know, the, the email is there, um, the Twilight Conversations at gmail.com. Or if you know me and you know people, and you, 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 you know, like an interview. I'd love to interview all my clients, but it just probably wouldn't be ethical because uh, they, they'd be great interviews. But um, yeah, so that's that piece. So returning to today's um, subject, power, power. Power to the people, power to the people right now. John Lennon. There's so many songs, as you can imagine, with, with power in them. I was breaking down the, the different types of power, the way we can look at it, even the different terms for power, like if you think about it, authority, power, control, force, uh, compulsion, you know. There's lots of impulsion in, to, to compel, to impel, to propel, all about movement, force, that kind of use of the word power, uh, might, control, strength, there's lots of different synonyms. It's not the word for for the word power, and I'll use them interchangeably. But we we oh, you know power will be the overarching kind of uh, um, theme, and of course I'm going to explore powerlessness, which might be relevant to twelve uh, step programs and people outside twelve step programs. I don't quite understand what's that powerless thing. Does that not disempower everybody and it's an excuse? And people come up with all kinds of stuff just because they don't understand that piece. So hopefully I'll have a crack at that as well. What that actually means, that paradox. So power, powerlessness. I got the power. <laughs> I'll just, as I move along, I'll be breaking it down in different ways. And I also, yeah, I'll, I'll mention governmental power and that kind of power structure and how that works in politics and all that type of stuff. A little bit about that. So power, I'm thinking of Shakti, cosmic energy. That's the, you know, if we're looking at over in the, the, the East, the Far East, the kind of the major or religions or spiritual traditions there would be my favorite one being Taoism, uh, which came from China originally, probably the oldest one. Um, 
which the word Dao, it's spelled T-O-A, T-A-O, but it's usually pronounced D for some reason, Daoism, Taoism, really means the way, the flow, the movement of all things. So that, that's a power, that's another form. So the, the, the Dao is a power. And it's, you know, that kind of spiritual tradition doesn't necessarily have uh, one God. It's not, you know, monotheistic, is that the word? That kind of mono-God thing that the other, some of the other ones do. But Taoism is like a, I feel it was the, I've said it before, it was, it gave rise to Buddhism would have grown out of that. And I think Buddhism would have grown out of Hinduism as well, because that's ancient. That's Hinduism is the other one, the Hindu. So all around Asia, India, some of Pakistan, although because apparently Muslim as well. But that whole subcontinent in Asia would be hugely Hindu uh, influenced as well as Buddhist. In the West, the big ones would be uh, obviously Christianity, Judaism, and in the Middle East, you'd have Islam. And what the three of them have in common, different to our Far Eastern brothers and sisters, is they are monotheistic. Is that, if I'm pronouncing that word correctly, I know the mono means one, the is God. So they see one God. And obviously in Christianity, you've got Christ and, and God the Father. And in uh, Judaism, the Jewish faith, it's all Hebrew. You know, in the Shama, you would have... Um, Abraham, they, there will be a God, their Messiah is yet to return, you know, they don't see Jesus as the main guy. He was like, yeah, he's kind of one of us, but not the main one. You know, um, Moses, Abraham, that kind of belief, it's very disciplined, very, you know, you, you've seen, and of course there's different elements to Judaism, there's the very, like with all religions, very extreme version, the kind of, uh, what are they called again? Uh, there's been lots of documentaries about them. Uh, I can't think of the word now. They wear the ringlets and stuff like that. They're very extreme, very extreme. Uh, I actually think I'd know that. I can't think of the word for it now. That's very extreme. A lot of people who are, who are of the Jewish faith uh, wouldn't be that extreme or anything like that. They just have their own beliefs. Or they wouldn't, like us as Catholics, they may not practice at all. But they, anyway, believe in the one God, the Father, basically. And we know as as being brought up as Christians, Catholics, so to speak, we have the one God, and that would be Jesus and the Holy Trinity and and Our Lady and, and that that feel. So it's um, I don't feel it has to be separate to the other kind of spiritual traditions because I would be very much drawn by uh, Taoism and what that means, that energy, that life force, the chi is another term you might hear for energy or power, um, and a lot of the Hindu. Uh, beliefs because they're all interlinked really you know you can I think you could be and I like Jesus uh, and I think Jesus would have been into all of that anyway he was a bit of an explorer so that's just my thoughts um, but anyway you see where I'm going that the, these are ancient terms for that power that energy you know whether it's the Tao the Chi Chi energy um, Shakti you know these are all terms that might be used for this kind of energy or force you know the vibes, man, you know what I mean? Getting the vibes. The vibes, good vibrations. Um, and we all instinctively kind of know what that is, but if we're more scientific, we're less inclined to want to call it that. Like, I often say when I do grounding with groups and that, like, when I'm doing, the, like, the energy that surrounds you, if you're more scientific, you'll call that the magnetic field. If you're more mystical, you'll call it the aura. So take your pick, it's the same thing, you know. 
And we all know there's something, there is a kind of a force that's moving between us all, whatever that might be, you know, for some, you know, it doesn't have to be spiritual, but that's power, isn't it? That's the kind of, the interconnection between us. I'm going to, a little bit down the line, talk about um, how power is used and misused in communication, all kinds of communication, but particularly in the kind of romantic loving area, it's kind of always core for stuff, but everywhere, how that might be used, misused, and all of that type of stuff. How we move power around, how that can happen, you know. How to maintain power, what does that even mean? I'm going to have some tea. Ooh. Lovell Terrace Apart. Joy Division, that was in my mind because I was doing the Manchester thing. What a fantastic song. Pain, pain, painful song. What a brilliant band, so short-lived. Ian Curtis, wasn't it? Tragic, tragic. I know then they became New Order, Blue Monday in that, that era, 80s. Uh, late seventies, eighties, um, before the rest of the Manchester sound came in, more into the nineties, the Stone Roses, Stone Roses, and uh, Charlatans, and Arcade and Oasis. Love Oasis. Love those Manchester bands. I kind of missed out on that for some reason. Then I, I, I like them all now. That's often happened to me. I miss out on a whole era of stuff for some reason. I'm stuck in the sixties and seventies, probably. That's what it is, and I miss a whole. A uh, load of stuff that I'm catching up on now. I'm going, that's actually really, really good. You know, even like the likes of The Cure, I just wasn't into them at the time. A little bit too gothy for me, you know. But a uh, beautiful band. Anyway, a little, little aside. That's the power of music and communication, isn't it? Which I will be talking about. Okay. So I've, I've named in terms of like the, the main religions or spiritual traditions in the world. Now there's more, but they're the big ones, as we know. Taoism, Hinduism, Buddhism over in the Far East, Middle East, Islam would be the big one, with Sufi, Sufism, with that lovely mystical branch. In the West, Christianity, uh, Judaism. And then there's lots of different indigenous types of gods or deities. And then we may all have our own individual take on what that might be. And then some of us don't believe it's there at all. I do, but some, and yeah, that's fine, whatever. Live and let live, I say. I think if you live in that live, that's a spiritual energy, whether you think it's spiritual or not, isn't it? Some of the most spiritual people I know don't think they're spiritual, which is interesting. I always think it's funny when I hear someone saying, I'm a very spiritual person. Are you really? I wonder. <laughs> As little Anna says in Mr. God, this is Anna. If you think you are, you ain't. <laughs> you know, if you think you are, you ain't. Yeah, it's an interesting take, isn't it? Kind of a paradox on confidence. And those kind of uh, the, the various different spiritual traditions would be very hugely influential in our world, very in our lives, both in all different ways, in what shapes our world, the world that we live in. Um, and then we can look at within that, not disconnected, what we call psychological power, our own, our own energy. How do we manage that? What does that mean? Control and energy. Authority. Now again, Authority can be a negative word, but authority, you know, the author of, to own something, to have, we can have a really good authority, you know, do we have ownership of ourselves? It Can that be like a commanding, influential, positive energy? Or are we authoritarian? That's a whole different thing. We're into the fascist brigade there, you know, wanting to have power over, to subjugate again. You see, that's a huge part of all this, you know, power over, power with. So let's look at power as a concept. So whether that's power over, power with, shared power. So if it's we want to have power over someone, um, that's kind of an autocratic, isn't it? Kind of like fascist type. And we usually have little regard for the other if we're, we're, we're hungry for the power, you know. And it is quite, 
uh, potency. That's another lovely word, isn't it? It is quite exhilarating power, isn't it? To, to feel it moving through you, to, to know it. And I feel it's how we use that because we can all, it's, it's, I don't think it takes much balls to be an authoritarian, really, you know. You just have to disregard everyone and just do your own fucking thing and take what you want, you know. I don't think it takes much skill. But they're there and some people admire them. You know, they think some people mistake them for having confidence. I don't think they do at all. Um, whether that's just in the playground, in the workplace, in the relationship, in the family, you know, you're talking about your bully, basically. Your authoritarian, your fascist is basically a bully. Starts in the playground, ends up on the world stage, you know, do you know what I mean? And, and everywhere in between in relationships, just bullying, having power over, subjugating people, that type of stuff, you know. We know with the genders, with the sexes, it's it always has been quite, you know, hugely uh, imbalanced between males and females. It's made huge strides but there's still a lot to uh, a lot of negotiating a lot of work a lot of change needed to align males and females to allow us to be different but equal equality implies difference doesn't it? i love that paradox because for equality there's got to be two different things so the two entities of male and female they've got to be different that's okay because there was a bit of a mix-up though oh we're all the same we're not the same absolutely not the same but we're equal so we can coexist. So I like the term coexist. There's a shared power there. It comes comes very much into the relationship with the male and the female, whether that's, again, a romantic, loving relationship or brother-sister, friend relationship. You can really feel it coming into play there, how that is. We have to do a bit of work on a condition. As a male, I've been conditioned to think that um, I have to patronise women, that they can't really manage. They're very, they need a little bit of a fan, you know. Oh, are you okay there? You dropped your hanky, there you go. <laughs> you know, do you need to sit down for a while? You know, I think that was all a bit more, that crap. <laughs> we have to decondition from that type of stuff, you know. Yeah, I'll put a few shelves up for you. For you. I can't put up shelves, incidentally. I painted that room for you. Oh, you live there too, you know, you know all that. Type. I love when men do that. Yeah, I'm after doing all that for her. <laughs> You'll probably benefit too. Excuse me. Now, there's nothing wrong with being appreciated for your work. I know as a male... There's something deep in the male psyche of want, psyche of wanting to be appreciated. I know that for sure. I, I have that, just the feel of wanting to be appreciated for, for our work. Um, anyway, that's a whole, I kind of did a podcast kind of on that around gender stuff, but I might come back to that because it's huge. Uh, but we can't name power or power inequality without naming the sexes. It's huge, usually. Uh, imbalanced still, but negotiations are happening. We can have conversations. It is changing. Thanks be to God. Okay. Sometimes it's shared power. The shared power will be like the humanistic approach or, or a democratic approach. If we're humanistic from the therapy point of view, it's more about the shared power, not the expert power. The kind of collaborative, I've spoken about that many times. From the political perspective, that's more a democratic as opposed to the autocratic. The democratic for all. You know, let's benefit all. And, you know, in, in 12-step programs and their traditions, they have a lovely piece that around unity, uh, that, that all, I forget the actual how it goes, let me just think now, personal progress for the greatest number depends upon unity. If the group is all well, each individual will be well and vice versa. You have to look after each one and the group. The group will sustain the individual and vice versa. It's kind of a democratic feel, there's kind of a, there's enough for everybody, we'll all find our place. Some of us are good at some things, some of us are good at other things. That's shared power. That just takes a bit more skill and more patience. 
where I suppose the attraction to the autocrat is like, he or she are just coming and going and go, this is what's fucking happening, boom. Now, it's nice to take charge. That's fine. That's a different thing. But you can still take charge and not uh, dominate somebody uh, in an unpleasant way, you know. We can all take charge in our own ways. What we're, We can all have our power quietly or loudly or whatever way we have it. We don't have to bully somebody, basically, is what I'm saying. If you're bullying someone, you really feel powerless. You're trying to have power. Um, if you're trying to have power, by its nature, you won't have it. We're going to get all fucking zen now, right? Power's like water. This is back to uh, Bruce Lee said this, the wonderful Bruce Lee, who was uh, connected to Shaolin monks, who was connected to Buddhism. Real power energy like water. You can't grab it, can you? Think about it. The more you try to grab it, the more elusive it is. So you move with it. You move through it. Yeah, you know, you know that kind of way? You flow with it. Go, the, I don't always do this, but I aspire to, you know. Sometimes I think I have to, oh, I need to. It's okay, then I have to let go. It's like the difference between a fist closed and an open hand. An open hand is power. Closed fist isn't really power, is it? It's kind of like, I'm hanging on. You know, so you have these terms like letting go. So you let go, there's the paradox. And to trust that power will move through you and that you can, as an adult, own in a positive authority way your own power and how you own it is you share it and you're okay with it and it can you know ebb and flow a little bit but it's there it's it's between us it's, it's, it's there anyway so water will move water will penetrate anything you know so um so you can have power without forcing anything and all of that that's very much a Taoist kind of approach to things um so I just mentioned Taoism again, which is, really means the way, the flow, if you like. Yeah, like water. Um, and I, I think Bruce Lee was teaching people, he was such a wonderful martial artist, this form of Kung Fu, the beautiful movement he had, and he said, you've got to be like water. And even though it was, uh, in that context, he was used for the actual learning to fight or defend yourself, there was a much broader piece to it around philosophy, you know, around how you, how you treat people, how you are with people, you know. So I'm going to, if it's if it's okay with you, yes, Jimmy, it's okay, I'd like to move on now. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the concept of power again, like, and how we use and abuse this through communication. And something I saw on the telly actually made me think of this. It, was an, it showed an old Nokia phone from the 80s. <laughs> Whenever mobile phones came in, right? And when texting began, I'm thinking mid, late 80s, early 90s, perhaps was probably more accurate, right? I must have went into a coma for a week or two weeks because everybody went to school about how the etiquette of texting, you know, particularly if it's what, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to get with someone, right? I missed all of that and everybody else seemed to know. Because I remember, you know, oh, look, there's your woman's out to text me. Right, let's see it. No, you don't get back yet. Because <laughs> right? there's two dots there rather than three. Oh, right, okay. So what do I do? You don't do anything. You don't want her to know you like her. Well, I, I do want her to know <laughs> Yeah, but if, if she knows you like you, she won't like you. Do that fucking bizarre fucking backward communication that goes on. I'm thinking, how old are we? You know, but everyone seems to be into it, you know? Now, again, I love a bit of intrigue. I've said this, but that's a different thing. A bit of a dance, a bit of a play with respect. But all that kind of stuff, and I don't know. And then I was kind of going, what should I do? And then I didn't text back for days, and they said, you should have texted her back. She's fucking gone now. Just, but you told me. <laughs> Anyway, I'm exaggerating a bit, but you get me. It was like fucking mind blowing. Yeah, there's an exclamation mark there. That means you wait an hour. How did you know that? Is there a college you went to? <laughs> what happens? <laughs> there's all these little kind of like yeah. So you get the bus 
and you get off at stop number 13. When you get off, if a black dog walks by and looks at you, you've got a date. It's all fucking convoluted. Oh, okay, okay. You know? Um, so that reminded me of the kind of use or misuse of power through communication and how we consciously or unconsciously use power to connect with each other. Underneath all of this, of course, is love. Underneath authoritarianism is love. People, you know, people say power, they want the power and the money. Of course, they want the power and the money. Why do they want the power? They want the power to, they believe they will be loved more. Of course, they're not, you know, having that kind of fascist power. They might be like uh, idolized or might be, you know, a cult kind of element to them. But people do everything, I believe, for love, to give and receive love, right? In all, always. Um, but it's for the money, Jimmy. They want the money. Yeah, they want the money, but why do they want the money? They want the money to buy nice gears that they think someone's going to like me or to buy nice cars. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Or to buy more drugs and you know, I can get, I'm trying to connect with people. So, and, I, and I, yeah, the feeling of power is a bit intoxicating and all that, you know, whether you're like a, a regular local gangster or you're a government gangster, it's all the same. You know, that's what that power is. People want to be respected and loved, I feel. Um, so that's underneath all of this. So when we go into the world of communication then, you know, all kinds, but particularly where uh, love is becoming a little bit more vulnerable and people want to connect with people, um, power comes into it hugely there. Who has the hand? Who has the power? Yeah, you know, there's a whole big thing about that, right? Um, and how for all human beings, when we reveal ourselves uh, to a person, to a friend or someone we love or want to love us or whatever way we, we go about that, automatically we're in a vulnerable space. I don't think we've given away power. I just think we've been open. However, that does leave the other. They can misuse that if they wish. That's a crucial point, isn't it? You know, um, they can definitely do that if they choose to. My, my gut feeling is most people aren't misusing it. They're just on different rhythms, different times. I would never just not contact someone for the sake of it. I'm going to leave him or her now for till tomorrow, let them fucking stew and wait. It, it just looks, it just feels unsexy and unattractive to me. It's very kid-like. I don't like it. I just don't like doing that to a person, you know. But sometimes I may be busy and something going on and vice versa. That's okay. So by and large, people are don't want to fuck around with you, power-wise. You know, whether you're waiting for a word of a job, you're waiting for a date, you're waiting for an affirmation, you're waiting for a, a friendly gesture, whatever you're waiting for from someone. I don't believe people generally leave you waiting on purpose, but there are those fuckers that do, right? <laughs> and they think that it makes them cool, but it makes, to me, I just get like, you're a fucking idiot, you know? I used to like you, but I don't like this energy, you know? Um, so it can be quite tricky in that area particularly when we make ourselves vulnerable and we know then whether it's a we've sent a text or a voice note or a call or we've made we said something there's a, a waiting period then isn't there you know we don't know in the ether what's happened to that then you're kind of going oh jesus i shouldn't have said that all that type very normal human stuff and as I said, nine times out of ten, the other isn't able to respond yet because they're busy, they're working, they're this, they're that. And likewise, I get that, I'm the same. But I just want to look at that other area where the other person, for whatever their own insecurity maybe decides, well, I'm not going to contact him or her yet. For no good reason, <laughs> you know what I mean? My feeling would always be, oh, look, that person's gone to the trouble of sending this. I know what that's like. Maybe they're a little bit anxious about a response. I'm going to try to get to them as soon as I can and just even say, look, I got that. I'll get back to you later. 
you know. And it, it, it may be a romantic thing, it may be a friend thing, it doesn't matter what it is. When someone's kind of relying on a response or a question has been asked or, you know, uh, it's kind of got a bit of weight. And it's not just, I'm not talking about casual, like, oh, what's the story, how are you? That's fine. You can wait for days with that. Where it has a little bit of emotional weight to it, you know. Um, you see what I'm saying? That. So it can be misused there quite a lot. People play with power, they hide. Now, see this fucking ghosting thing. Ghosting can fuck off. Because I tell you what, in the very beginning, you don't mind that if someone, I've heard, because I you know, get a lot of clients that, oh, I was, you know, they're telling me about stuff that's going on. Ah, she ghosted me or they ghosted me, you know. Now, in the very beginning, it happens on dating, dating sites quite a bit. You don't mind in the very beginning. Fair enough. Okay. It's, I still think it's a bit rude. I'm just old school. I think you respect people to say, look, I'm interested or not interested. We're all adults, but people don't behave like adults. But uh, I think um, power is misused there. But when I've heard people get to know each other, maybe they have a couple of dates and they do this and they do that, and then they get ghosted. I think that's disgusting. Uh, it just sickens my piss. It's a saying, oh, it's like, just tell a person you're not interested anymore and give them an explanation. Fuck a man up or woman up, no contact. This is after sharing a lot of deep stuff or maybe being intimate together and boom, gone. It's kind of like a trend. I don't like it. And whoever you are that's ghosting, you're not sexy. You're an ugly cunt for doing that, I think. I really do, you know. Now, if 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 you need to go with someone because they're a psychopath, that's there's exceptions. You've discovered, she, she saw those blades there. She was sharpening them before it came in. <laughs> you know, a bit of a psycho job. That's a completely different thing. But there is, unfortunately, a bit of a trend to that, that communication style. And I think that's a real abuse of power. Because when we enter communication with someone, we are vulnerable in power. It's not like we're giving power away, but we're opening up our power to someone. We're saying, look, I would like this from you. I would like this interview or this date or this thing or this connection, whatever. We're looking for something. We're seeking. We're reaching out. You know, we're reaching out to be touched or held or connected with, which is what we all really want to do deep down, right? Everybody. Let's make no mistake about it. But you get all these people pretending they don't want that. No, no I'm just like, you know, whatever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, what planet are you on? So stop pretending that's not happening, for starters. And I think it's absolutely fine early on to say to someone, Do you know what, I like this, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going that direction with you. You know, just fine. Be fucking grown up about it. You know what I mean? Stop being such a coward. Yeah, I think it's cowardly communication. Have balls or have, you know, talk to people like adults, you know? Because um, it, it really, we all know how hard it is to, to put yourself out there with people. It's very hard. It's very vulnerable. Um, I was listening to uh, Imelda May singing that beautiful song, Call Me. I was listening to that album. And it's a beautifully simple song, but everyone can identify with it. She'd obviously been with someone and it's had this lovely time with them. I don't know if they've ghosted, but she's literally, we all know, waiting for the call. And it's not coming. And what I love, uh, she wrote it, I can't think of the guy she wrote it with, my apologies to the guy. It was co-written with a guy. Uh, can't think of his name at the minute. So just to note, note that, but Imelda and this guy wrote it together. It's her vulnerability in it. I thought it was really impressive, beautiful. Great voice, great voice. But it's really, really vulnerable. And I thought, how courageous is that, even out in a song, you know? Uh, 
to show that, to, to open that place up. The place that everybody knows and some people hide away from. And I don't think we need to hide from it so much. So thank you, Imelda, for doing that. That's for putting that out there, maybe giving people a bit of courage or a bit of like, oh shit, it's not just me. And everyone knows the pain. You're looking at that phone, you're waiting for, you know, in less stressful situations, it might be for a job interview or something else. But in that situation where you've maybe spent intimate time with a loved one in that situation, and they ain't coming across, you know. And you're remembering, you're kind of going, but I thought, we did, we had those times. It's like, well, they were there, they were real. You know, you start gaslighting yourself kind of thing. And the night can be long. It can be a long, long night. So, um, oh, actually, Patrick Davis is the guy that wrote it with Imelda May. Yeah, call me, call me. Take, you've taken all the time you need, I think, in the lyrics, yeah. For our love, for our love. If our love means anything, baby, please call, call, call me. How raw and vulnerable beautiful from Imelda May and Patrick Davis but she sings that on her own I think she duets with some people doing it at different times and there are a lot of songs like that but that just caught my attention I heard it earlier on um, it was on a compilation thing I was listening to and I thought wow um, it's probably not her most known song or maybe it is or it isn't I don't know but it really captures that now here's the paradox even though I imagine Imelda in the, in that in three or four in the morning when that call isn't coming in and the, the night is darkest and loneliest, she was probably feeling not very powerful at all. But I feel the paradox, paradox is when we open to ourselves that way, we connect with a power that will come, our own personal, where even though I'm aching for to get that connection, but if it doesn't come, I can find it myself. And then that person will come into play or the right person will come into play in that area. That's the paradox of power, powerlessness. But I'll, I'll come back to powerlessness in terms of um, addiction and recovery. So you see where I'm going there? How, you know, that, that happens on the world stage as well. People kind of pretending, people trying to play cool, people not being real, not showing their hand. Okay, that's, that's fine a little bit. You don't want to show too much too quickly. That's not wise either. But it's like, you know, we can be grown up a bit of give and take, you know. And particularly if you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s or 60s, you know. If you're in your 15, 20, you can understand a bit of that nonsense, right? But when you get it, it's like you start realising what life is about. Why, why would you be doing all that stuff? You know, newsflash, there's nothing else. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's nothing, you, I don't know whatever you think you're looking for. It's all about love, you know. Um, so it kind of, yeah, that, that ghost and stuff irks me a little bit, you know. Um particularly if the person knows that you're suffering. You know, most people don't know. They, they're just, they don't mean it. They're, you know, I don't, I understand that. But when someone kind of knows, all I would need to do would be just drop a little text there, make a little call. Even if I'm, I'm calling to have to say, look, we need to go a different direction here. That's all I need to do to be respectful. Does that cost a lot? I don't think so. So that's that form of power, you know. Um, as I've said, it happens as well politically, it happens in workplaces, uh, people, it's basically dishonesty, isn't it? You know, honesty is power, I think. Dishonesty is distorted power, you know. So how do you hold power like water by letting go of it, you know? Um, so if I said to you, 
I just quote the AA program because that was the first one and then GA came from that and NA and different anonymous programs. We admitted we are powerless over alcohol that allows to become unmanageable. Now when you listen to that, it sounds like it doesn't sound right, does it? Why would you be saying you're powerless? Surely you've got to get power over this thing. You know, you would think, wouldn't you? But when you examine it more and you, you know, get underneath what's really going on there, what it's saying is like all the power in the world is not changing this thing for the person. People in, in addiction do not lack willpower. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You would not meet a stronger group of people, trust me. It's not a lack of willpower. Something has changed there. I did this way back in the stuff around addiction. Something has been distorted there. Something happens in the area of choice control there, right, with this particular chemical. Uh, and maybe some other things as well. So really, it's a bit like the funny way to put it is, because I had this two weeks ago, I had the, the, the gallops, the trots, diarrhea, right? And you know what it's like when you have diarrhea, that you have to go. So asking someone not to drink or drug when they're in active addiction, it's like saying you have diarrhea, but you can't shit. It's not happening, <laughs> right? You need extra help, right? You know, you've got to admit that. So the paradox is if I can admit and acknowledge in this area, with this particular thing, I of my, on my own, I'm going to need to be there. I am powerless. I've tried everything. So at a simple level, all it's saying is, I need help. I need a bit of help. I can't do it on my own. That's simply what it's saying. You know, it's not because I lack willpower. It's not because I don't want to. I just need, I keep trying and it doesn't kind of work out. Whatever the thing is, we've all had a bit of this, right? I, my, my power doesn't work for me. So, enter the higher power, whatever your beliefs are. If I open to a higher power, and that may be in the form of another person just holding my hand or walking with me or saying, look, hang out with me for a while because two of us are stronger than one of us. Right? Pretty basic. There you go already. I can reconnect with my power through that then. So by admitting that I'm powerless, then I can have some power. It's like I am, what's the word? I get a jump start off the other. <laughs> you know what I mean and I you know we interact that way and then I'll offer that to them also so you've got that synergy there by someone reaching out to me uh, and connecting they also connect with their power and I then can kind of like restart my power go oh okay you know so we need each other you know that's the paradox and the more we can need each other in a positive way the more independent we can be there's the other big paradox you know, if I could admit that I need help from you, then I'm stronger in myself and I'm more independent. And then we can become interdependent. And that's kind of, I suppose, what I mean by shared power. So that's why the 12-step models are really good for that, a good model for shared power in that, that way, with something very critical like addiction that could kill people. We admit we are powerless over our addiction and our lives have become unmanageable. You know. Um, so if you just look at it from a different angle, it's quite basic really what it's saying, you know, and uh, it opens that, that higher power is the interconnectedness of two people. Now, whether you want to call that God, whether you want to call that Jesus, Buddha, the Tao, the way, it, it doesn't really matter. We just know there's an energy or a power that's moving and I kind of need you to kickstart mine, you know, I, I can't redo it all on my own, you know, it's hard. I hope that makes sense that way. And then when do we ever not need people? So it's healthy need of the other. You know, so that lovely interdependence. 
rather than codependence where I can't fucking do that you know, wipe me ass you know where the, the person imparts enough of their strength or love to me that I'm it kickstarts my and now I can do it and then I can pass that on to someone else and the power really moves between us then you can see that you know yes we've got our own bit of course that only I can manage how do I manage the power moving through me to own my own authority if you like but it's it's done in a relaxed way because again if, it, if you cling to it you try to have it you lose it you know the more you open it and, and, and give it away in a healthy way the more you keep it you know, because you're realizing this is something that moves between us. I can only kind of harness gently what's coming through me, that power. Um, it was a very funny story. It was real. I probably have said this before, but it's it's funny and it describes power beautifully. Um, about the dogs. Mate, when was out with the dogs, with his dog, and uh, who sadly has passed away now. Uh, that was Dougal, my friend Niall was out. And dog owners meet other dog owners and the dogs are all there now again i might might be an urban myth i may have changed the story a little bit but you get the principle of what happens so there's a big huge fucking dog there a big i think it's a big like uh bull mastiff you know and those huge big like a horse standing there. and there's all other dogs moving around and the little jack russell basically anyway jumps up and starts trying to ride the big dog right that big dog doesn't move just standing there you know and the owner of the jack russell said to the owner of the, the, the big horse dog, oh, geez, look, I'm really sorry. And the guy's answer was fucking priceless. He said, doesn't matter. He knows he's boss. He knows he's boss. There you go. If you know you're your own boss, you've heard me say this before, I know. I don't need you to know. I don't need you to tell me. I don't need you to acknowledge. I know I'm my own boss, my own inner boss. He knew he was boss. You can knock yourself out there right away. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean you know so I'm not letting so and so think this or that can't stop them thinking about it anyway you know it's the one thing we can control isn't it what someone thinks or feels you can try and manipulate it you can try all you like to do this that and the other whatever so you, you can't change what someone thinks or feels you can make someone scared in the moment to maybe manipulate manipulation just alters for a second but ultimately you know you can beat the shit out of someone you can do what you, you can tie them up. You can do it. They're still going to have their own thoughts, you know. And that freaks bullies out. Say this, they can't stand that piece. <laughs> and narcissists, they hate the fact that no matter what I do, this person still I can't capture that thought. Their their you know independence. And so to know you have that no matter what, to know you're your own boss, you know, are you going to let him get away with that? Don't really care. That's a huge one, isn't it? You're going to let her get you know there, you know. Why do I care? No, unless it's something obvious as an infringement. Of course, you might need to take action. But you know, you know what they're all thinking? No. Do I care? No. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I wouldn't be putting up with that. No, well, I'm not going to put up with that. Well, what are you going to do? Nothing. I'm going to go and have a cup of tea. You know, kind of thing. Because that's, I know I'm boss. I'm in my own power. I'm not getting messed up with your power. Or, well, you know, or I'm not mixing up somehow that you're to do with my power at that level. You're not, unless you come to me openly and freely and we can share power. It's kind of a, it's a negotiation, isn't it? We can share that. We can open that because we're all coming from the same place deep down, you know? Would you agree? Okay. Um, I was thinking I could just list lots of music here, right? But I, I, I won't do it all in one go. I was thinking of, you know, when you... 
um, first encounter particular songs or tunes and you literally um, some of these tunes are kind of heavy rock job, jobs you know you feel the vibration and the power of them moving through your body and th there's often classic ones you know and it's often the first couple of bars you hear of a song for the first time and you go what the fuck is that you know and I'm going back to the 70s now and I remember um, Slade were huge in the 70s Slade were kind of an underrated band really because they had all that glam rock shit going on they're actually quite a good band you know and I heard come on feel the noise I was about 13 or 14 in the local dance hall in the community centre and the ground was shaking you know what I mean and I felt it baby 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 and you know the way Naughty Holder sings come on feel the noise girls grab the boys you get wild 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 at your door Oasis did a cover of it actually they were really influenced by Slade but it didn't even matter what the sound was it was the actual power of the guitars moving through you and the drums that vibration it's like fucking exhilarating you remember when that force kind of caught you with something or an opening of a song you know um, or if I hear now again I invite you to do your own list of songs because there's probably ones that you have that kind of go, yeah, I know what he's talking about, an opening that you hear. So I'm just going to name some of the ones for me that would do it. And there's a million more. Um, I hear the first, the opening bars of Rolling Stone start me up. I'm on my feet. I'm doing Jagger. I'm strutting. It just gets you, doesn't it? Boom. You know, um, openings are, do you remember Don't Fear the Reaper, Blue Oyster Cult? The way, just the opening, it just grabs you a certain way and you kind of go, fuck, what is that? You can feel a power moving through you, you know. There's millions, you know. Big, big, big one was, you'll know this, Oh Well by Fleetwood Mac. Don't ask me what I think of you, man, I gave you the, you know that one. Dave Fannin used to use it as the open to his program. It, when I heard that, it was like, fuck, that's something else. You're not just hearing it, it's, 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 it's coming from inside of you. It's like, wow. You know, so there's millions more, you know. Uh, life's been good, Joe Walsh, Led Zeppelin, Black Dog. Wow, do you remember when I first heard that? I was thinking, Jesus, Jimmy Page playing that guitar, like the speed of it and the kind of like, hey, hey, mama said the way you move. I thought, wow, what is that? So all of that type of thing, power comes that way. You can feel the energy through music, you know. Rebel Rebel by Bowie, you know, those op that opening guitar. And then he, when he says, hot tramp, I love you so. Real sexy, you know, it's fucking brilliant. This could go on forever. Think of your own list of those kind of opening kind of bars or chords to a song that just... And then there's the conceptual piece, the kind of power of communication. When you're talking to people and kind of going, who's that? That's Led Zeppelin. All right, da, da, da. So you're communicating with people. and But then you get onto another level and you're describing these feelings that you can't really usually talk about. You know, you know, when, you know when that key, you know when that chord goes that, that makes me feel, you know that type of stuff so it's huge power in communicating as does poetry you know as does other forms of art but I think music is very very powerful because it's got that vibration literally and it can go to the places where there are no words beyond words and just literally I can feel it through my feet coming up it's like wow it's just something else isn't it you know um, radar love no, again remember that golden earring I've been driving on that, my hands went on the wheel. Just the way that open line happens, you know. Um, yeah, I could probably just do a, a podcast just listing songs, you know. Um, yeah, so the different ways then that we communicate the power of the, I suppose, the, uh, 
the lyrical, the, the, the sound, the music, the movement, the way that is. And we dance, some of us will dance, that form of power, the way you can feel the energy moving through you when you dance or if you watch dancing going on. Very, very powerful movement, very therapeutic. You know, because you're moving energy. It's almost like instinctively, you don't have to think about it. If you dance, whether that's slow or fast, if you're on your own or if you're with people, what you're doing is you're expelling, I suppose, used up or negative energy or energy that's not helpful anymore. And you're generating joy and healing and beauty all at the one go. How cool is that? And this music's going on. And then you can communicate that with others, you know. And that's the use, that's moving power around beautifully. That's, you're really, I think if we're dancing in flow, as it may be called, um, we're in touch with the water energy, if you like, of, of power, you know, uh, so to speak. There is a song by Talking Heads, the great Talking Heads, um, called Heaven, which was also recorded by Simply Red from Manchester of all bands and the Simply Red version is actually a bit better it's funny to say I love talking heads and it's a, a when I talk about paradox with power and stuff I just love the track I love the, the chords I love the way it's sung and it's basically saying heaven is a place where nothing happens now I kind of like that because I know some people like lots of things happening I like less things happening, you know. That might be an age thing. The less, the better, you know. Uh, it's a place where nothing ever happens. Where, yeah, where nothing happened and everything is happening. So it's that point of connection to peace, joy, magic, wonder, awe, love in its most potent form is when nothing's ever happening in heaven, you know. Uh, check the song out. You'll 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 get the feel of what I mean. It's just beautiful. Either a uh, Talking Heads version or Simply Red's version. But I do I have to say, as much as I like Talking Heads better than I like Simply Red. And fair play to Mick Hucknall, he's a great singer and all that. But the Simply Red version is is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, so power balance and control are very you know interconnected as well. And again, if we get into the actual physical element, you can think about sports. Though I did me back in playing football, I thought I was fucking 15, I'm 61, doing tr trying to do a fancy little turn, you know, that I used to be able to do very well. So the universe was saying to me, slow down, JJ, you cannot do that anymore. Well, I can, but I need, need to be, I misjudged it a little bit, I stretched a bit, you know, so I tweaked my back. Um, so I misused my power there because sport movement, you know, if you're watching football, rugby, tennis, whatever your thing is, it's all about flow and movement, isn't it? That power is generated between people. It's extraordinary, you know, right down to mechanical things. You can see the power in that, you know, where does it come from? It's incredible, isn't it? That Shakti, that energy, it's there, universal energy. It's, it's all about how we choose to use it. So there is a choice somewhere deep in us, whether we're conscious or not, how do I use this power between me and, and others and the rest of the world? How do we negotiate that with each other? I need you, you need me. Let's keep it really simple. I need you, you need me. Sometimes I need you more than you need me and sometimes you need more than I need you. That's okay. But if you have respect and you have good communication with someone, you can, you can negotiate that. 
you know, you're not going to get hurt or misused and I'm not going to hurt you. The times when you feel you need me more, I'm not going to put you down because of that. I'll respect that because I've been there. I'll try and accommodate that. We'll, we'll find each other. That's okay. We'll find each other. You know, in the world, we'll find, you know, again, whether it's family members, friends, lovers, whoever it is, colleagues, we need each other, you know. So that's always a good starting point. You know, in this world, it can be a bit hard. I don't fucking need anyone. Don't let them know you need them. A beautiful place to own power, to have power, is to start off by saying, I need people. You know, just to open to that. Breathe with it. I'm also okay if they don't come across with what I need. I'm not going to die. That's also very important. I may suffer a little bit. I may feel a bit like disappointed, a bit hurt, a bit like, you know. It's okay, and I'll keep breathing, and I'll wake up the next morning, and it's a new day, and I'll still be there, and I'll look in the mirror, and I'll kind of go, you're still a handsome bastard, you know, what can you do? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? And, and then, you know, a fresh energy comes in, a bit of Bill Withers energy comes in, you know, lovely day, and then you see someone, or they call you, or you talk to them, you meet your friend, it's all good. See where I'm going? It's okay. Admitting you need someone, you have to also admit that you're going to be okay if you don't get the thing you need in that moment. It's kind of basic, isn't it? Does it bring us back to being young a little bit, you know? You can start throwing tantrums, <laughs> you know? Or, well, fuck him, I'm not, if he's not, I'm not, you know, bum, bum, bum. We're just hurt and scared. So if we can own our own vulnerability, I'm a bit afraid, I'm a bit scared, but that's probably a young part of me, but I'm going to be okay. If you're lucky enough to be able to have someone beautiful and respectful that you can communicate that with and they're not going to misuse that with you, you can explain that to them. Say, God, I got triggered into a younger part there. Felt a bit like upset that you weren't in contact or da 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 or they do with you. Wonderful. But that's, I wouldn't say it's relatively rare that you can have that level of honesty, but it's wonderful it's there. But just put others aside for the moment. Your starting point is, it's okay that I need you. Get okay with that. It's okay that I need you. It's not a bad thing. That will strengthen you. It's okay that I don't get what I need from you. I'd still like it, but I may not get it immediately. I may get it eventually. And then when I get it, I may realize, oh, I'm not sure I really wanted that anyway. I thought it was that, but it's really this. And so it becomes like a, a, a playful place, you know, a bit of an experiment in that way. Does that sound like reasonable? How we work with power, you know? You're playing for power. You're in the wrong place. Power to the people. Yeah. I can just feel my own power moving through me. And I don't mean in any like, I'm hugely powerful. No, just my own quiet power moving through me. I can feel it in my gut. It's a kind of key area. Yeah. The catra, isn't that what they call that? that it, there's all different names depending on what part of the world you're in for that type of energy. You know, you'd be big in yoga and martial arts, harnessing that power. You'll feel it in your gut and the core. But again, it's not to be afraid of it, just to breathe. And to, I'm going to actually get close to a finish. I probably, I think I've read this out before or something like it. But you don't have to be spiritual to enjoy this. But it's a lovely little um, description of how you might use power, right? I claim for myself the complete clearing and healing of my aura or magnetic field, if you're scientific, right? I am the only authority in my life. Let me just stay with that line. I am the only authority in my life. That's very freeing. 
yes, I need you, da 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 da. But ultimately, I'm the only authority. I'm really the author. I decide at the end of the day or choose how I respond or what I do or don't do. Or if something doesn't go my way, what I say to myself about that, I'm the authority. I can say, well, you're a horrible piece of shit. No one really likes you, which I don't, I don't say anymore. Or I could say, you know what? I think you're so fucking cool. I really like you a lot. And I like being you. So we're okay. I'm the only authority in my life. I am guided and protected by the light of my being. You don't have to be religious or spiritual to have a, you know, as I said, science has proven there is a light around us. But if you have a spiritual dimension as well, that'll come in there. So I am guided and protected by the light of my being. That means I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to worry whether you call, whether you don't call, whether the rent company, I don't have to worry about any of that. You know, they're, they're important things, but there's a light around me. There's a force, there's a higher power, whatever you want to call it. So my aura is now closed and healed and closed only to the God or good vibration. That's a, another important piece. You know, particularly as I finish, I was, I was talking about the kind of negative or evil energies that can be there, if you like. But if you kind of are closed only, you know, closed to that type of energy, not not in a, a, a kind of a, a hostile, angry way, just gently aware and remaining open only to the God or good energy that you'll negotiate with kind of thing, just to keep yourself intact. It's a little exercise to do, you know, to keep yourself buoyant and okay. We can make mistakes. I've opened up to the wrong people. We've all done that, but we don't learn unless we do that. Then I know they're the wrong kind of people to be opening up to. They don't appreciate your beauty. You know, that's what you have to remember. That's what I mean by being the only authority in your life. Not in an arrogant way, but you can, if you realize you get stung by someone or there's a misunderstanding, you know, because I don't think generally people don't mean any harm. Get the odd asshole, we know that. But if you feel a bit hurt, misunderstood, it's kind of like, look, it's okay. It's okay. I've got you. I've got your back. It's okay. And not in a way like, fuck all them. It's like, no, it'll be okay. We can talk tomorrow. We can, we can sort that out. It's all right. It'll sting for a while, or, or you're, you're, I get my, my guts born a little bit when that happens. It's like, but that's part of being a human being, isn't it? I don't want to shut that down, you know, and miss out on all the good stuff, you know, because they come together, you see. So you just manage that and manage my power, you know. And then each day is an adventure, you know. And sometimes I get that spectacularly wrong, of course. And a lot of the time, thank God, now I don't, I hope. Uh, between me and others that that power is shared and working as a therapist of course that's a big thing you're sharing power you're in a powerful position um, to manage someone else as well their vulnerability um, as best you can and really you know you'll hear the term really try to empower others you know you can up your own power don't do it for that reason but if you empower others you help empower them you help connect them into how good they are you'll automatically get it yourself. It's just a bonus. You know, and that's how it works. If you try to take away power from someone to bring them down because you feel a bit threatened by them, if you try to take from them, you'll decrease your own power. Probably could have said that at the beginning and saved myself the whole podcast. That's what it's all about. Empower somebody else, you automatically get empowered. You get the bonus. Take someone else down, you take yourself down. That's the law of energy. That's how it works. Watch that. It'll always be that way. Okay, so just to remind you again, please don't be uh, afraid to leave a comment uh, on the Twilight Conversations at gmail.com. Leave me a five-star rating and uh, pass on to at least one or two other people. Tell them about the podcast if you haven't already. Now, they may or may not be interested. Um, that would be wonderful. Next 
So this will come out. I usually record on a Sunday and it comes out on a Monday, Tuesday, depending on what Dean Scurry's up to. Because <laughs> he's doing his own podcast as well. Dean's doing the sound for me at the moment. Um, we'll be out then. And the following week will be uh, Stephen James Smith. And that's a real treat. You know, it's lovely. It was lovely to interview him. Um, and I kind of feel, yeah, it'd be nice to have a change to do an interview. And I'd like to do them more, as I said, and hopefully I will. They can come and you can get a load at once and then none, you know, for, for I haven't interviewed anyone. Stephen was the most recent, but before that, for quite a while, actually, I had a, quite a few of them together. And the last woman I interviewed was the beautiful, wonderful uh, Connie Morphy, who, as you know, since passed away, we knew she was going to, but she was the last woman I, I interviewed. Um, so, yeah, big shout out to the Morphy family. I know they're still in deep grief and half of Dublin that knew Connie or all of Dublin are, are still uh, grieving the loss of that magical woman. Anyway, I will love you, leave you and I'll love you a whole lot more and then less and take it away and give it back and come back again and give you more <laughs> and all of that stuff. Uh, and we'll be talking to you not next week, but the week after. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me in the Twilight Conversations. If you'd like to get in contact with us regarding any aspect of the show, you can get in touch at thetwilightconversations at gmail.com. So the Twilight Conversations is an independent project. We're not getting any help from anybody. No major corporations or anything like that. So if you like the content, if you like what you're hearing, please continue to support us via our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash the Twilight Conversations.